Do you desire to please God with your life? But do you also struggle with sinful thoughts and sinful habits? Let's face it, there's a conflict going on there, right? In Galatians 5.17, Paul reminds us that the flesh is in conflict with the spirit and the spirit is in conflict with the flesh. They're opposed to each other, making it difficult at best to do what's right. In Romans chapter 7, Paul talks about how the things he wants to do, he doesn't. The things he doesn't want to do, that's what he keeps on doing. (laughs) Can you relate? Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, certified professional mentor, and purity coach for the Man Ministry. And this is episode 160. In this week's episode, we continue our mini-series on discovering how our thinking impacts our doing. This week's episode is entitled, Don't Be a Moron. The key verse I want to open this particular episode with is found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Matthew seven twenty-four. I open with that because I remember a few years ago when my wife and I decided to build a house instead of purchase one. Although the process was challenging at times, it was quite enjoyable. Before we embarked on this journey, (laughs) we never realized all that goes into building a house. It involves purchasing the property, excavating the landscape, getting permits, continuous (laughs) inspections, deciding on a floor plan, revising the floor plan, choosing finishes and colors, revising the floor plan yet again. (laughs) In the midst of all of it, We learned the value of starting with the right foundation. Think about it. After all, what happens to the building if you don't have a good foundation or, or if you build on a weak one? Well, the building may stand for a brief period of time, and it may look good on the outside, but as soon as a strong wind comes, (laughs) wham, down it's going to go. The purpose of a foundation is to support the entire structure that is built upon it. Now, if you don't build on a foundation, or if you build on one that's in shifting sand, unstable soil, the fact is the structure is going to sink. It's going to fall apart. The floors will sag. The walls will crack. Eventually, the entire house is going to crumble. The type of soil that you're building upon needs to be able to support the structure, or it won't matter what kind of foundation you build upon. In Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27, here's the whole text. Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But... Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Matthew seven twenty four through 27 You know, Jesus sure had a way of getting directly to the heart of the matter, didn't he? You see, in Matthew 7, Jesus introduces us to Wally and Martin. Now, Wally and Martin are names that I'm making up for the sake of this podcast. But Wally is a wise man. Martin is a moron. 
Now, that's not my description of Martin, by the way. It's Christ's. I want you to notice that Jesus called Martin a foolish man. You see, that word foolish comes from the Greek word moros, M-O-R-O-S. It's the same as our English word moron. Therefore, it means exactly what you would expect the word to mean. One who is stupid, a blockhead, a very foolish person. I want you to focus for just a moment on the magnitude of what Wally and Martin were building. They weren't slapping together a really cool treehouse. They weren't putting together an ice fishing shanty or, or a duck blind. They were building a very important structure. Jesus called it their house. In other words, both of these guys, Wally and Martin, were deeply involved in a major life-building project. This wasn't some fly-by-night, do-it-on-a-whim kind of thing. This was an I'm-all-in, do-or-die kind of project. Their goal wasn't simply to construct a comfy vacation bungalow somewhere in the Hamptons. They, They weren't building something just for themselves. They wanted to leave a heritage for their children a legacy that they hoped would last well into the future. They were building their life. Now, I want you to keep in mind that Martin the moron wasn't just throwing a few sticks together with spit, chewing gum, and a ball of twine and saying, voila, and there's my life. He wasn't going through the building process with this thought going on in the back of his head. Oh, this is just a temporary thing. I know a big bad wolf is going to come along someday, and he'll puff, And he'll puff, and when he blows everything down that I've worked for all my life, it's just going to come crashing down around me. Martin didn't shrug his shoulders and say, man, no big deal. When it does collapse, I'll just pick up the pieces and start all over again. No, he was just as intent on building a life that would leave a lasting legacy as was his counterpart, Wally. Both Martin and Wally were working toward the same goal. I want to submit that you and I strongly resemble the builders of Matthew chapter 7. Whether we realize it or not, we are daily building into our lives as well. Every day, every moment of every day, we are making decisions and choices that impact our life, that affect those around us. And every choice we make today determines the path we're going to go down tomorrow. It determines the heritage we're going to leave behind when we're gone. I want to submit that most of the time, we don't pause long enough to consider the fact that the things we're choosing to do or not do today are literally molding our future, literally setting a course that will influence the lives of everyone we care about. Your choices matter. So not only is this similarity shared between Wally and Martin, But let's face it, you and I have at least one thing in common with Wally and Martin as well. We're life builders. The second similarity that Wally and Martin shared is this. They both lived in the same neighborhood. They probably even knew each other. Maybe they were next door neighbors. Now, here's why I say that. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verses 25 and 27, that both of these guys, Wally and Martin, encountered the exact same horrific storm that attacked their house. Jesus said in both verses, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house. So this was no mild midsummer's thunderstorm. They didn't sit out on the back deck with an iced tea in their hand and watch the clouds darken while they complained about their lumbago. 
The storm that ransacked their neighborhood was probably more like a Class 5 hurricane with maybe even a couple of EF4 tornadoes thrown in. That particular storm packed a wallop. It packed such a punch that it put untold stress on both of their lives. This storm bore down on both of them with an unbearable force. And the fact is they were powerless to do anything about it. I want you to consider this. You and I will face multiple storms in life. And every storm we encounter, every one of them, is intent on destroying us. Sometimes we'll get rained on. Now, I'm referring to those tiny, pesky little situations. Dare I say annoyances? Little things that in and of themselves don't amount to much. They're just a pesky drop here, an annoying drop there. We definitely could do without, but, but we can tolerate. However, they start hitting, bing, 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 and they, they come down all at once. And you find yourself diving for cover. Every so often, the rain will fall on your life with a vengeance. My question for you is this, how will you hold up under the barrage? Listen now, watch this. The choices and decisions you make today will determine your answer when the storm comes tomorrow. Sometimes, with the rain, comes a flood. I'm talking about situations in life that seem to just swell up on you and then suddenly tend to just sit there. They weigh heavily on you. They're drowning out everything you value. They find a way of seeping in and all the cracks and creeks and, and, and nooks and crannies, and they just kind of take over. And you sit there wondering, is this ever going to end? When's it ever going to go away? And you feel a damp sadness just kind of creep over you. It, it borders almost on cold despair as it leaves the sludge and destruction of, of yuck in its wake. The floods of life will come, my friends. You can count on it. The choices and decisions you make today will determine how you respond when the flood rises up around you tomorrow. <laughs> and there's the wind. This isn't a slight breeze we're talking about here. It's not a brief gust that periodically comes and goes. I- I'm talking times when you get slammed seemingly out of nowhere. You never saw it coming. I'm talking about the major surprises that hit you and hit you hard. They're relentlessly pressing in on you. You you find yourself staggering back from the blast, barely able to keep your footing. You're you're searching for something or, or, or someone to grab hold of because you're not able to find anchor yourself. You know if you don't find purchase soon, it's going to blow you far, far away. Watch this now. The choices and decisions you make today will determine how solidly you stand against the wind that's going to blow tomorrow. Let's face it, life isn't always sunshine, roses, and butterflies. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are spiritually, the storms are going to come. In fact, many times, let's face it, you'll get hit by the rain and the flooding and the winds all at the same time, just like Wally and Martin. How well will your structure, your life, hold up under the storm that's coming? What high-quality materials are you building into your life right now that will enable you to stand when the attack comes? Hey, we don't know when the next storm's going to hit, right? We don't know how hard it will hit. We don't know how long it will last. We don't know what part of our life it's going to attack. We just know it's coming. 
So we need to prepare now for the inevitable. Not only is this similarity shared between Wally and Martin, but we now share at least two things in common with both of these guys. There's a a third connection that Wally and Martin shared, and that is this. They both attended the same church. They sat under the same preacher. They were exposed to the same sermons from the same scriptures week after week after week. I want you to understand that in this story, Jesus isn't saying Wally had a love for hearing the truth and Martin felt utter contempt for it. No, Jesus said both of these guys heard the word of God. Let me repeat that. They both heard God's word. I think sometimes we forget that part of the story. Both men knew the value of what God had to say. Both men opened their Bibles and sought it out. Both of these guys listened to the scriptures. They probably sat there with their Bibles open on their laps and a pen and paper and took notes. So uh, lest you think that, well, they may have heard the word of God, but only Wally was really listening. Let me, let me clarify something for you. When Jesus said they both heard, the verb to hear that he used in this story indicates that the one who's doing the hearing is considering carefully considering giving attention to every word that's being spoken. Let me repeat this. Both Wally and Martin gave their full attention to what was being said in God's word. They were thinking about how God's truth applies to them. Have you ever stopped to consider the fact that even you hear God's word? You hear it every time you're in church. You hear it every time you have your devotions or you sit in a small group Bible study. Every time you hear God's word, my friends, you have a choice. You are either Wally or you are Martin. What are you going to do with what you hear from God's word? Think about this carefully because this is a third thing that you and I share in common with Wally the wise and Martin the moron. But as thought-provoking as all of this is, It's not the similarities between these two guys and us that are important here. You see, up to this point, there's very little difference between Wally and Martin, very little difference between you and me. Up to this point, we all share a common bond. However, watch this now. Jesus makes it clear that there is just one singular difference that we need to focus our attention on. You see, that soul variation, that that difference is what determines whether you're a wise man or a moron. You see, the fundamental difference between Wally and Martin, what made Wally wise and Martin a a, a fool, a, a moron, was the foundation that they chose to build on. Wally chose to immediately walk in obedience and submission to God's word. Martin did not. The foolish man of Matthew chapter 7 heard God's word just like the wise man. What made him a moron was that he willfully chose to ignore what God had said. He heard God's truth just as you are, just as I do. He understood God's promises just as you do, just as I do. Yet he chose not to follow through with the obedience. How about you? I don't know. Maybe he intended on applying God's principles to his life later. I don't know. James warns us, though, in James chapter 1, verse 22, to not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. <laughs> Otherwise, you're a moron. Martin made the choice to do life on his own. 
For whatever reason, he decided he only needed God once a week and on holidays. What choices are you making right now? Right now? Right now? Think about this. You've already been spending time at the construction site. You're already fully engaged in your life-building project. The question then is not whether you're going to be a wise builder. The real question is which builder are you right now? My friend, I cannot repeat this enough. You are building your life right now. Is it a godly life? Are you a wise man or are you a moron? As a life builder, this very moment, as you are listening to this episode, as you are listening to this podcast, as you are considering the scriptures, would God say you are a wise man or would he call you a moron? I submit that if you're not in God's word daily, I'm talking more than just a brief little devotional. I'm talking about being in God's word, letting the word of Christ dwell richly within you, Colossians chapter 3. If you're not applying God's truth to your life on a daily, moment-by-moment, living-in-obedience basis to what God is teaching you, then I submit, listen to me carefully, you are a moron. You are the foolish man of Matthew chapter 7. Now, I know that's strong language, but if you want, if you truly want to be godly in your everyday living, it begins right now, right now. And right now, not tomorrow, not after you're finished listening to this episode, right now. Let me reiterate the fact that God says a wise man will give his full and immediate attention to what God is saying in his word. The one God identifies as a wise person is always considering carefully what he's reading, what he's hearing, what, what's being taught. He's seeking to understand how God's word applies to him. But listen, that alone does not make you wise. There's something else that is required. And according to Jesus, it's nothing short of complete obedience. You can't just read his word. As we saw in last week's episode, you can't just gain an intellectual, uh, academic level knowledge of God and his word. You have to put what God says into practice in your life. You have to live it out. You have to make it a reality in your daily choices, your daily attitudes, and your daily actions. This is not something you do on occasion, not even most of the time. It must become a normal, moment-by-moment part of your everyday living. I find it interesting that Jesus says that the wise man hears and puts into practice. And here's why I point that out. In the Greek, both of those actions are written in what's called the present tense, active voice, and indicative mood. When something is written in the scriptures in the present tense, it means that the action being described is being done real time, right now, right now, right now, right now. It's being done continuously, nonstop. It's always in motion, never ceases to happen. The action of the wise man in Matthew seven twenty four is not only hearing God's word, but he immediately puts it into practice. When? Right now. Right now. Right now. Not, not when he feels like it. Not if he agrees with it. Not when it conveniently fits into his schedule or his plan. But no matter what, right then, right there, that very moment. God said it. I'm going to do it. Every moment of every day. Always. When something is written in the active voice, it means you are the one doing the action. 
It cannot be done to you. It cannot be done for you. If it's going to be done at all, you have to be the one to do it. That's the active voice. No one else is capable of performing that action in such a way that you will benefit from it. So what Jesus is saying is, if you want to be a wise man, if you want to build a godly life on a solid foundation, you must choose daily to hear God's word. You must choose daily to continuously put God's word into practice. I can't do it for you and you can't do it for me. This is personal. When something is written in the indicative mood, it means that it's a statement of fact. There's no room for argument, no room for debate. God said it, that settles it, that's final. If you're going to be a wise builder, you will be daily in God's word. You will not only listen to what God is saying, you will choose moment by moment to learn what God is teaching and apply it, actively apply it to your life. God's principles, God's standards, God's guidelines, all of it to your daily life. You are going to Galatians 5, 16, walk by the Spirit. And when you do, the promise is you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. To be godly, living a daily life that truly honors and glorifies God, my friend, it is vital, it is critical, it is necessary that you see God's truth for yourself within the pages of your own Bible. Don't wait till Sunday when the preacher gets up and and delivers a a 30-minute chewed-up meal. Get into the Word of God today. Get into the Word of God later on today. Get into the Word of God tonight. Get into the Word of God tomorrow. You see, when you make it personal, when you're in the pages of Scripture and you're studying and you're digging and you're searching and you're memorizing and you're meditating, only when it is personal will you be able to build your own spiritual life upon the solid foundation of God's Word. So when tomorrow you're faced with the storms of doubt, anxiety, worry, fear, frustration, lust, pride, and on the list can go, the only way that you will stand firm in the faith is if today you've been actively building your life upon the solid foundation of a personal, intimate, growing relationship with God. Okay, we're going to hit the pause button until next week's episode. We're going to continue the mini-series on how to glorify God through our thinking. In the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about today's study, or if you're interested in learning more about the Pure Man Ministry, I encourage you to visit our website and see the multitude of resources that we have available to you. Our website is The Purity Coach, all one word, The Purity, P U R I T Y, PurityCoach.com. One of the resources that I'd like to highlight for you is a book I've written entitled Extreme Mind Makeover How to Transform Your Sinful Thoughts and Habits into patterns of life pleasing a God. This book, Extreme Mind Makeover, takes you on a journey through the Bible and it examines from Scripture what God has to say about how our thoughts, our words, and our actions influence and impact our heart. It's available on Amazon, or you can go to my website, thepuritycoach.com, and go to our resources section. But let me encourage you to, to check out our resources page or go to Amazon and purchase your copy of Extreme Mind Makeover today. Well, if you've not yet subscribed to the Point of Purity podcast, let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes. Until next time, this is author, speaker, certified professional mentor, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking. Thank you.